Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Bobcat and Rattler Nation. Welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your co-host, I'm your host, Jason Collins, and I'm joined today by my producer, Paxton Graff, and my two co-hosts, John Carlo and JP Flanagan. We have a fun show today for you. We'll talk about some Rattler football, Texas State football, Texas State volleyball, and more. So make sure to stay tuned for the entirety of the show, because you're not going to want to miss this at all. Before we get to it, though, Let's throw it to J.P. Flanagan. Actually, John Carlo for our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast, Bobcat Radio. Located on North Brown Frontage Road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info on menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, John Carlo. Let's kick off the show with Texas State Volleyball. They play tonight at 6 p.m. and tomorrow at 1 p.m. at Strahan Arena, and they're playing against Arkansas State, who is 0-10 in conference play and 5-17 and overall, and Texas State is 16-6 and and 8-2 and in conference play. What do you guys think is going to happen tonight? I'm, I think I, as much as this is a bad thing that they lost earlier this week, I think this is a, can be used as a benefit because, like, um, you got you got to bounce back. And I think snapping that five-game losing streak kind of left that, like, bad taste in their mouth and, yeah. like, hey, how do I respond? And especially, like, getting closer to, like, the Sun Belt Conference. Um, as, as much as it is a bad thing to, like, lose, um, I, I would say this is probably, like, the most beneficial time to lose because essentially, like, you're, you're in first place right now. You're kind of in control. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you kind of just get a loss to feel how that feels again, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. To the, to the entirety of the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, as they go into our ends, just Arkansas State, Troy, and Coastal Carolina to end up the season. So looking against Arkansas State, which is 0-10 in conference play, you just look to stay sharp going against a team that's that low, low ranked in the in the conference and bounce back from losing against South Alabama. So when going into games like that, you can't look at this team and say, well, you know, they're 0-10. Let's just, you know, let's just play. You, know, you have to be sharp on all on offense and defense. So if they do that and close off the season with a win against Arkansas State, Troy, and Coastal Carolina, they'll be definitely looking as the top dogs to go into uh, the Sun Belt uh, Conference. Yeah, and I think going off that last loss against South South Alabama, they wanted to win that badly for the revenge from last year's conference championship game and unfortunately they came out with a loss and so I think that kind of motivates them even more to finish this last you know four game five game stretch uh, starting with Arkansas State tonight so I think yes you you can't you can't uh, misjudge Arkansas State and their overall record but it's also like the Bobcats, they're kind of ticked off from that last game, and they want to prove a point, especially in the conference standings. So I think they're going to go out and get that win tonight and then tomorrow. And also, it is a spooky night at uh, yeah, yeah. with the Halloween costume contest. So uh, I definitely might be showing up in my Scooby-Doo outfit or oh, something. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I think tonight is a bounce-back spot for them. Of course, you don't want to underestimate anybody, but they know Arkansas State is 0-10. So they should come out 
and look to capitalize on that and just get some momentum going in before the Sun Belt Conference play. Because the last, the next three teams they play, they aren't that good or they aren't better than Texas State. I would say that. And going into soccer, last night they played App State and they won 1-0 and it was senior night. How do you guys feel about that? That game for sure is just a good um, good way to end off the season, end off the regular season going into the conference uh the conference tournament, just the way that this team has played all season has been sharp. You know, they've had some instances where I point out they just looked like they've just been lackluster starting off games or starting off in the second half. But just for them to get a 1-0 win against App State and finish off the season, especially on a, you know, a, a good feeling night for the seniors, it's just, it's just what you like to see. It's, uh, it's like wholesome, you know. Awesome to see that the seniors get to go out and finish their regular season off with a win and especially give them that confidence that they need going into the tournament. Um, going into the tournament, especially, you know, as the top, one of the top dogs in the conference, you just want to keep that momentum going. You know, you've had a great historic start to the season, but you also want to have a historic end to the season and hopefully pull out a championship for it. Yeah, I think that was another good bounce back game uh, coming off of two losses last week. Um, we're kind of in the driver's seat for like pin- finishing top one or two in like their their uh, side of the division. Um, but yeah, another good bounce back game, especially to end the season, because now they look to play James Madison as the five seed and James Madison's the four seed. And then after that, um, kind of in a, a tough spot because with the four and the five, they typically play the one because the one's got to play the lowest seed, who I think is like the six or the eight. Um, so yeah, um, they have their work cut out for them once the Sun Belt Conference changes championships do start i think james madison's a good like even kind of contested toss-up but uh, if it comes to georgia southern um it's going to be a, a tough matchup and but if they can beat those two teams I, I really think they're in the driver's seat like for a potential championship yeah last night's win was really a good bounce back win they lost their previous two uh to marshall and south alabama and so it was really just a good overall win last night even though i'm sure they wanted to put three on the board mm-hmm. uh they didn't do that but i mean it was senior night they got the win for their last game in uh, San Marcos Soccer Complex, so uh, it was definitely it was definitely a much needed win for them. But you know, looking against this first matchup in the tar- in the tournament, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. Jades Madison is uh, was their first conference loss and first loss in a while, and they lost to them pretty bigly. Uh, so it's going to be a tough contest. But you know, at least the Bobcats now have a little momentum going into that first round matchup. And that Sun Belt Conference Championship matchup will be November 2nd in Alabama at 6.30 on, on Wednesday. Texas State soccer will be playing in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. Now, let's get to some Rattler football. Rattler, the Rattler football team, they play New Braunfels today. They're 3-5, and five, and New Braunfels is 5-3. and three. For the Rattlers, they have to win tonight. This is a must-win tonight to see if they can make the playoffs this year. How do you guys feel about their matchup tonight against New Braunfels? Yeah, I mean, the significance of these games is still kind of up in the air. Um, don't know what's, what's yet to happen with that. I mean, you hope for the best. You want all these people to get the chance to play their hardest and stuff. Um, New Braunfels, though, is definitely going to be a tough, tough matchup. Um, being from San Antonio, like New Braunfels is always like up there in like terms of um, elite talent and stuff like that. Um, so definitely not a, not a game to just kind of trot in there thinking you're going to get a win, especially as a three and five team. Um, they sure as hell think they could beat them. So um, yeah, New Braunfels is going to be a tough matchup, and essentially this could be a must-win situation if essentially you are allowed to make the playoffs and stuff like that. Yeah, it is a it's a 
it's a unique scenario. You know, we don't really know for sure until really the last game of the season as far as playoff standings, all that. But as right now, San Marcos is still in fourth place, so they still would make the playoffs. But the thing is, is that East Central is right below them in that fifth spot, and they have the same overall record, same district record as them. So it's pretty much if San Marcos wins tonight they have and East Central wins, then it's the winner of the, that game next week. And then it's... It's really all a toss-up right now because it's like if San Marcos loses, East Central wins, and then San Marcos beats East Central, it's like who goes in. So it really we won't know until next week a really clear picture. But I mean, with everything that's going on, you just hope the best for them. And it will it will be a tough one tonight. But you know, it's it's that's that's how it is in Texas high school football. But I think they have a strong chance tonight against the Unicorns. It will be tough. I do think that they have a chance. But really, I hope this weather prevails and it doesn't it doesn't come through because that will be a big time effect on this game tonight. Yeah, for sure. And just with the strata team, you know, going against New Braunfels is not as big as the Steel Knights, which is a plus, but they're still a really good team. So you just have to stay sharp. You know, this team has been a lot of controversy around it throughout the season, um, past se- uh, last season, and just looking towards for the future for this Rattlers team. So going into this game, just trying to finish your season off strong, going against a tough opponent. You just play for each other. You know, this is a young group of kids. You got to remember they are kids. So, you know, just going in with the mindset of having each other's backs, playing for each other, no matter what's going on, what is talked about around in, on school or around the town, just going in and play uh, for each other is just all you need to do. And if they do that for each other on offense, defense, and special teams, just perform just to the best of their abilities and follow the game plan 100%, they'll be able to pull off a win. And I believe that they can against uh, New Braunfels tonight, for sure. It should be a great game for them. After all of this news and, and everything going on with this team, it should help them rattle Rally, rally together <laughs> and lock in. This team is is very competitive. That's for sure. Of course, the the wins aren't reflecting how good they are, but if if they come together tonight, they can pull out this win against New Braunfels. Now, Texas State football they have a um, bye week this week, so we can get into that. How how do you guys feel about their matchup next week? Um, looking at the, looking at the game, uh, you, you would think this is, you know, going to be an easy walk in the park for Texas state being that UL Monroe has struggled to even win a game this year. Um, but I, I think this is really just, uh, one of those instances where the numbers really don't do any just cause they've gotten to play some really hard games this year. Um, they had to start the year playing Texas and, you know, uh, Texas had a lot of high hopes and stuff like that, but again, a tough team. Then they had to walk into the next week and play the number one ranked team at the time, Alabama, um, so really just they haven't gotten a, a, a good like a good quality game out of this season yet. I mean, I, other than like the South Alabama game last week, I think that was their closest matchup. But even South Alabama like put up a fight against UCLA, who is ranked. So they've been playing some tough teams. Um, I think they've been waiting for Texas State, kind of give themselves a chance. But uh, I mean, I, I, this is a game where Spav's got to be looking at it and like, hey, I got to get a win this week. Uh, we got to get one step closer to a potentially a bowl game berth. So so, yeah, I mean, as much as I want to say UL Monroe is an easy team to walk over, um, yeah, the, the record really just can't show it with who they played. Yeah, I, it's it's going to be an interesting situation with ULM because 
you know, pregame or preseason, I would have said, yeah, this is a win because ULM is kind of typically the laughing stock, quote unquote, of the Sunbelt Conference and the Sunbelt West Division. But I mean, that's kind of what Southern Miss was before our game against them. And look yeah. how that played out. It's, it's really just if offense decides to show up, that's that's really the big decision maker in this case, because I mean, the past two games with Troy and Southern Miss, they've only scored two touchdowns or four touchdowns total in those two games, but two touchdowns each game. And it's like, you can't have that, especially with defense, which is given uh, two turnover or three turnovers in that last game against Southern Miss, and you still can't capitalize on any one of those turnovers. Yeah. So it's really just what team shows up. Is it going to be the team that has a really great defense and a pretty good offense, or is it going to be the team that shows up with a really great defense and a lackluster offense who just can't get anything going? So I think that's really the decision maker in this. It's going to be tough because I can't remember the last time Texas State won three out of four games, and that's what they need to do to make bowl eligibility. Um, but luckily we're kind of in this, you know, I'm not going to say weaker stretch because these are still really good teams, but it's not, you know, coastal Carolina. It's not, uh, I, I know we beat app state, but if we play them again, I don't think we'd beat them again. It's not app state. It's, it's not these tough teams. It's really kind of the lower level West division teams, except South Alabama, who's kind of been on the rise this year. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think that's what it will take for them to, you know, hopefully come out with a win. Yeah, both these teams are just really inconsistent. You know, ULM is 0-5 away, 2-1 and at home with a four-game losing streak. So, And Texas played a lot better than them this season, but just the way you saw the end of last game, it's just no consistency. The only thing I could point out for Texas State is probably their defense is pretty consistent, and they're really tough. Um, they perform well, forcing fumbles and interceptions and uh, third downs and fourth downs, but just – the offense really needs to step up. Um, I just know that a lot of fans have been an issue, have an issue with the play calling on offense. Um, just the style of play just seems really inconsistent. And if they are able to get that under their belt for this game, they'll come off with a win. But you know, just going to this game, you, you can't you can't pick both teams to be favorite. You just gotta just see what happens because they're both just right now at the bottom middle of the, the barrel. Pack. Yeah, middle of the pack. More offensive consistency from te- consistency from Texas State would make this team a lot better because their defense is always going to show up, be hard nosed. If they could get some help from the offense, the game would flow a lot smoother. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like if they could get that going, we'll be looking at a different Texas State team for sure. Now we're going to take a break really quick, but don't go anywhere. You're listening to KTSW 89.9. And we are back on this lovely episode of Bobcat Radio on Friday. Now we're going to get into some MLB and the finals. This is not the finals for the MLB, but the World Series. <laughs> the World Series. <laughs> Again, and it's going to be the Astros and the Phillies. I think the Astros will pull this out, but what do you guys think? Um, I, me being not an Astros fan, uh, I think I'm not, not super biased here. I can actually give like a pretty solid answer. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I don't really think the Phillies really thought they were going to be in this position. I, I don't really think a lot of people thought they were like, if you went back like, like a month, even like predictions for the world series, but most of them probably did consider like have the Astros in it. Um, not a lot for the Phillies. I think Bryce Har- Harper really came on these past two games for like the Phillies really getting him a chance to even be in this game or in this series. Um, but but it, I mean, as much as I lo- love the underdog story, uh, I, I really think the Astros team just like is too strong at this point. Like pitching is just on point. Um, 
I mean, if they could do a little bit more consistent on offense, because I remember the Yankees just gave them a few fits here and there. They were close games. But uh, I really think this is the Astros series. And as much as it hurts, um, yeah, they're probably going to pull this one out. And I just picked the Astros on this one. Yeah, I'll definitely say the Astros probably will win it. I'm saying with you, I'm not an Astros fan. Um, but I would like to see the Phillies at least get a game, a game or two in this World Series. But the Astros are just strong. You know, they've been consistent for years now, and it's just hard to pick against them. I want to say one funny thing was Jalen Hurts wearing the <laughs> Astros gear at the Philly con- press conference. I thought that was hilarious. But, uh, you know, I guess he knows <laughs> he knows uh, who's going to win most likely. So I'll probably pick the Astros to win the World Series. But the Phillies get one game in. Yeah, hopefully. For sure. Yeah, uh, I think Jalen Hurts did it because he's from Texas. He's <laughs> he's actually from the Houston area. So uh, it, it was an interesting uh, press conference, to say the least, with that. But, you know, I, I'm not huge into baseball. My my team has not been pretty relevant since 2010, 2011, and that's the Texas Rangers. So, Rangers. yeah, uh, so I don't, I don't watch MLB a whole lot, but I will say that, I mean, just as an outsider – I, everyone knows about the Astros. We know about obviously the scandal, but we know how dominant they are. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to, you know, block that out. And so I hate to say it, but I think Houston's got a strong advantage of this one, especially since, um, you know, Bryce Harper really was the reason, the only reason why the Phillies are this far with his uh, two phenomenal games in the previous series against the Padres. I mean, uh, without those big hits, I don't think they would be in this situation. I think it'd be Astros and Padres. So um, we were talking about it in Claws to the Wall this past week, and really Houston has the depth, and that's what Philly doesn't. They have a few key players, but they don't have the depth. Houston has the depth with pitching, with their batting lineup. They have it all. So, you know, uh, it, it's kind of it's hard to say Houston just because – you know, I'm a Rangers fan, and, you know, there's that little bit of a rivalry between the two. But, I mean, it's really, like we said uh, in Claws the Wall, it's really kind of a David and Goliath situation right now because it is just like a severe underdog versus the heavyweight, the the Muhammad Ali, yeah. if you want to say, of the MLB, and that's the Houston Astros. So, you know, you know what? I, forget it. I'm gonna say the the freaking Phillies. I'm just gonna there be opposite go. from everyone else. Let's yeah. just let's Put just money do on it. it. What's the, no? I'm not doing that. But uh, I'll just say the the Phillies. Let's say in uh, Game Seven, we'll take it all the way to seven. seven. No yeah, I don't. I don't think. I feel like the Padres would have been a way better matchup for Houston, but better team wins. Hey, I guess. hey, but Bryce Harper made sure that didn't happen. <laughs> Now, we can get into some NFL. Last night, the Ravens and the Buccaneers played. Now, Lamar Jackson, he didn't play well. He played okay, but he didn't play well. And we all know what's happening with Tom Brady and and the Buccaneers. Mm. The first time he's been under 500 in a while. How do you guys feel about that? Yes. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, this is the first time he's been 3-5 and in his whole 23-year career, and as much as like you, you would think Tom Brady knows it all. Like this is like an, a part where he actually doesn't know wh- like how this feels. So, uh, I mean, there's still a lot of football left. There's now 17 weeks in the NFL season. Um, but yeah, this is going to be some weird territory for Tom Brady. He's got to find a way to obviously get back to 500 at the very least. I haven't got a chance to look at their division, but they're certainly not like first right now. Um, and, and that's something he's really accustomed to. 
But yeah, last night's game was a little rough. It feels like he was op- making some overthrow passes. Maybe that was just his receivers not getting like a lack of or lack of separation. But uh, yeah, something's wrong in, in Tampa Bay right now. I think they were relying too much on Tom Brady. So something's got to get fixed and um, some und- undefined territory for Tom Brady. Father Time might have just caught up to him, man. Finally, yeah. That it, that's what I'm thinking. It, it might have just gotten caught up to him. Plus his his marriage, all of that going on. He's mm-hmm. he's his head's not in the game. And I understand it. Yeah, and I don't know if y'all saw, but apparently, officially this morning, uh, Giselle filed for a divorce. So, oh. you know, that's, I mean, uh, like I said earlier in this week on the podcast, I keep referring to the podcast, but I'm going to. We got to get it out there. Uh, but like I said earlier in Claws to the Wall this week, I mean, I don't know if y'all saw uh, Man in the Arena, the little docu- yeah. documentary series. Uh, for Tom Brady, but I mean, they definitely had a special bond. It wasn't like the quote unquote typical celebrity, uh, you know, couples where they'll be together for half a year and then out of nowhere, oh, they're split and it's all over entertainment tonight and all that. It, it's not like that. I think it was really a strong relationship. And so when you have something like that happen where y'all are no longer together, that that definitely affects you mentally and on the field. Um, and so, it, you know, it's a tough situation for him. Uh, and it's definitely showing on the field. But I will say, I don't, as a previous player, I would not appreciate the way that he communicates to his offensive line, his receivers, when he does, like, I mean, what, what I'm trying to say is he'll go and he'll not practice on Wednesday. He'll not show up for a practice on Monday or something like that. And then he'll go and, like, party with his friends or go to a wedding on Friday night and, and then yell at his teammates. Yeah, fly separately from the team just by himself to the game on Sunday and then yell at his teammates for miscommunication and all this. And it's like, you You're can't be doing here. that. You're yeah. a leader. You <laughs> can't be doing that. And so, but, you know, it's definitely a tough situation in Tampa Bay right now. Um, you know, just hope the best for him as far as mentally. Uh, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but I will say, you know, you don't wish anything like that for anyone. So definitely wish the best for him. Yeah, the off the field stuff always affects players no matter what it is. Um, but just that behavior, you know, you might be considered the GOAT by so many, but you can't just you can't be acting like that. I mean, Michael Jordan got away with it because he won six rings and made his teammates better. Tom Brady, you know, at, with his antics, this is not making his teammates better. Obviously, you can tell in their record, um, and their division isn't pretty that isn't that good right now. I think they're number two in their division, and they're three and five. So, with Tom Brady, it's just you know, it's just tough to see see that. But I mean, that man only has football now. <laughs> that man ain't gonna leave. He, he might have made the wrong decision. <laughs> I think so. And that boy ain't gonna leave. That man gonna be playing until he's sixty five probably. But um, yeah, just. Seeing that's tough, but you know, overall, the NFL's had a pretty exciting season. You know, the Eagles are six and oh, um, that division, the NFC East is really good. Giants six and one, five, uh, five and two for the Cowboys, and then you got you know, the commanders, which are there, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, like you mentioned, like with the Eagles, I think there's like a lot of surprising teams this year. Um, like, I mean, the Eagles probably the least surprising, I think they have like a lot of talent, but like. Like, you look at the Jets, even they, even they, I think, are 5-2 and two or something like that. And, like, uh, 
Who's another one? The Giants. Yeah, like that's a definitely a surprise. I think at some point it's got to tilt back to like normal or we're back to reality. Like maybe the Jets aren't winning again or like the Jaguars aren't winning again. Um, but yeah, definitely a weird season so uh, far. A regression is coming. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, it's on the way. The first few weeks are for show and then, yeah. and then after that it gets and, serious. And you can say the same thing about the NBA as of right now. Like mm-hmm. that's the Utah Jazz are 4-1. and one. Mm. Who would have thought? And they, I don't know if y'all wow. know about Victor Wimbayana. Oh, but they yeah. are they are in the Victor Wimbayana sweepstakes, and yep. they are not playing like it. They are four and one at the top of the West right now. How do y'all feel about the NBA season as it's going right now? I'm just happy my Spurs are above the Warriors right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, but don't you want them to tank? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm on the side here. I'm a little. I don't know. At some point, we're gonna st- we're gonna stop winning. Um, <laughs> at some point, yeah, yeah. At some need point, to. We need to. <laughs> <in the laughs> need so this guy Victor can put us ten years in the future. I think that's um, true. That could be a little some dunk. But but yeah, I, I, like <laughs> early in the season. I mean, I know there's a lot of like talk about like um, oh like how this team's doing good and yeah, you know, but like there's 82 games. Yes, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of time left and. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of injuries too. As much as like we hate to note that's in the game, but it's true. The guys are going to be resting here and there. Um, the Spurs even have two guys out today, so that'll kind of help them to tank. But uh, yeah, a lot of f- games left to be played. But I did see something the other day. Um, there's never been a championship team to start a season 0 and 4, and there was 0 and I think the 76ers haven't won a game yet, and the Lakers haven't won a game yet. So the yeah, Lakers have no chance of winning a chip anyway. So yeah. I'm not. So <laughs> just that, if that you're interested will in keep statistics, going. That, yeah. <laughs> that tradition will keep going. Yeah. They have, that team is built horribly, man. Like, uh, they have no shooters. Nope. Le, a LeBron James-led team should have a, a, a hundred shooters. Yeah. And they have none. <laughs> he might be the second best shooter on the team, and that's not good for a LeBron James-led team. Well, if y'all would come and see me play at the rec, if they <laughs> need to recruit me. I'm, I think we need to sign this man on a contract. <laughs> because, oh, beyond the arc, I got it. That, oh, and that's yeah. what they need right now. I'm like a young Dirk beyond the arc. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> but speaking of Dirk, uh, my Mavericks, uh, you two, know, two. two and two, not bad. Uh, I don't think we should have dropped that one to the Pelicans, but, you know. Or the Suns, for that matter. Yeah, oh, gosh, don't get me started on the Suns. <laughs> that, that, was, that was pretty bad. But... I will say Luca officially had his first triple double of the season last night against the Nets with just listen to the stat seeds. Beautiful. Uh, 41 points, 14 assists, and 11 rebounds. I mean, that is that is quite showstopper material right there. But um, uh, it was first game back for Tim Hardaway Jr., and he had a pretty good one. He had 18 points, two rebounds one assist, uh, so it was mainly his points that we were relying on there. But one thing I will say is I'm enjoying this Luca and Christian Wood like kind that. of combo because, like I've been saying, I think the Mavericks have really missed out on a big man in the past few years. We had Porzingis, but obviously Porzingis wasn't, quote-unquote, Porzingis when he was with us. <laughs> yeah. He was mainly injured Porzingis. Um, and then Dwight Powell has kind of held down the fort for the past five seasons and he's he's good but i we really just needed that kind of big time playmaker and that's kind of what we got in christian wood so i'm excited that Uh, we we made a trade like that in the offseason y'all will see soon christian wood is not who you think he is (laughs) don't worry hey hey like like jp said it's an 82 game season you're gonna find out real soon about christian yeah i'm just gonna say the only like probably negative i gotta say about christian wood is as how many games of the season are you gonna get him for not like physically but mentally like what what christian wood are you gonna get um because obviously there was questions about like ego 
ago and stuff like that? Like, would he be yeah. coming off the bench? And I think now that he's got this taste of stardom, it's like, I don't know if you can put him on the bench. Like, you kind of might have to start him. And that's my thing. Luca is always going to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. And Christian Wood, he wants the ball in his hands. But it's like, you're not taking the ball out of Luca's hands. Yeah, you're not, Luca. I'm that's, sorry, Christian. That's not what's going to happen. And that might get to him at one point, unless he keeps getting touches like he's getting now and he's produces like he do he produces now. I will say though, the moment the Spurs are eliminated from any sort of contention, which hopefully is soon, um, I, will, <laughs> I will be a, I will be a Mavs fan. So uh, oh my, I'll be rooting for Luca to get a ship. Here. As long as you're not a Rockets fan, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I have too many Mavericks fans. I don't want to hear that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, just looking back to the losers of the <laughs> league, you know, you have the Kings and you have the Magic that are. Oh, you know, having had a win, and then yeah, the Lakers. Just the That's fact, it, it makes me happy. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's honestly crazy how you have two top fifteen, top twenty players, and you don't have a win yet. That, that just shows win. you how horrible their roster is built. If you have two top twenty guys in the league and you can't get a win, I, I don't even know what they can do. I don't know if people even want to be in LA. Honestly, if I was a player, if I was if I was unemployed right now, looking for a team. Shoot, I'd rather be with the match. Hey, you, <laughs> hey, you trade Westbrook and you go find three or four shooters because they don't just need one. They need a, a whole team full of snipers, and they don't have any. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, I don't know what team right now would take Russell Westbrook, but, I mean, just looking at the Jazz and you have the undefeated Bucks. I mean, yeah, the Bucks, Celtics, the Knicks are number three right now. Wild. but They'll um, drop. They, yeah, they will drop. Um, but I like how Brunson is playing for the Knicks. For I sure, I do like that. Um, don't get me started. Don't get me started with Brunson. <laughs> we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely like how the, I think the Bucks stay number one, top three throughout the season. And then I definitely think at least the Warriors pick up. Um, you know, they're only three and two right now. Most teams are like that in the West. But yeah. I think you get the Warriors and Suns and then the Grizzlies. Teams like, teams like the Warriors, man, they're not going to start playing until after the All-Star break. Yeah. They, they got championship pedigree. They're not worried about the first 20 games of the season. They'll be all right. That's facts. But... Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. But if you enjoyed this episode of Bobcat Radio or want to continue hearing anything San Marcos High School or Texas State related, make sure to keep up with us by following KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, as well as listening to our weekly podcast show, Claws to the Wall. From John Carlo, Paxton Graff, and J.P. Flanagan, and this was Jason Collins. Thank you for listening to this edition of Bobcat Radio. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.